Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and this is Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called American Dresser. It is not the story of Tom Ford, you know. It is not somebody who is doing anything with fashion. It is about motorcycles and about a road trip taken by my guest today, Tom Berenger. Great to see you, Tom. Thank you, it's Peter. Great to see you. Good to be here. So here in this movie, I think it's it's kind of wonderful to see you and Keith David back together after Platoon. I know. <laughs> playing was, Vietnam vets. Yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. And, and very nice, I might add. I'm you know, sure. This reunion yeah. and, and coming full circle. And, and we're old army vets from Vietnam, but the only difference is it's kind of like a roles are reversed. It's like he, he's like, he's like my company sergeant, <laughs> you know, like a master sergeant. And um, um, whereas I was a platoon sergeant, and he was probably a, you know <laughs> machine gunner. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You're trying to figure out where you stand given the roles you played in movies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather than the yeah. roles you played in the military flip flop. Yeah, well, set up American Dresser a little bit for and and what it is because people that don't know there's a whole American Dresser Association for. Harley it, Davidson's. Yeah, uh, um, American Dresser is actually, it, it, and it's not a trade name. It's it's a generic name for a, a fairly big uh, highway bike that would be loaded up like with the side panniers and and uh, the tour box on the back, mm -hmm. where you can have a couple changes of underwear and a, and your you know your your, your ring ring gear, um, you know anything a little extra you got to carry. But it would be also more comfortable for a real long trip. Well, and your character is taking a long trip. On that. Yeah, it's all the way out to the West Coast and back, uh, the two of them, and I don't want him to go because he's got some physical disabilities, and I think I just have to do this to, to you know, for my my soul, um, and I'm told by my daughters to go, just do it, Dad, get out of here, you're not doing any good, you know, because of his drinking, mm -hmm. which is because his wife, he started that because his wife had cancer, then she died, and he just can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. So, and we see those flashbacks in the movie mm -hmm. too, with Gina Gershon playing right. your wife, mm -hmm. which is very touching. And yet, he's going out there to meet a son he didn't know he had. Yeah, which is very moving because you're, it's not an aimless, easy rider trip. No, no, it's, there's a direction. Uh, and it really isn't out to discover America or, or see <laughs> yeah. what's on the East Coast or something. Yeah, yeah, like them. Uh, it is different than that. Um, what was the attraction to you? What made you say, well, I want to do this movie? I, I, I don't know. I, I just liked the characters. I liked the story. I liked the dialogue. I thought there was some good humor in there. I thought it was funny. It, I mean, it, 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 to me, it had that same road humor that Butch Casting the Sundance Kid had. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholson and, and Randy Quaid in, in The Last Detail, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff going on, uh, the strange and weird characters they meet along the road, you know, like Bruce Dern. Mm -hmm. um, I love seeing him in this movie. Yeah, and all yeah. these people they meet are kind of endearing. King of the Row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're kind of endearing and funny and different. Well, it's good to see you back. Thank on you. this big screen that's here because you had been doing TV stuff. That mm -hmm. One day I was watching Major Crimes uh -huh. and there you were popping up as Mary McDonald's rat bastard ex-husband, mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And this is, this is how this happened was because Mary McDonald, they needed this character they wanted to bring back mm -hmm. and this ex-husband of hers. And she says, well, what about Tom Berger? And they went, 
Well, that's interesting. Let's check, you know. And so I knew her and I knew two other people on the show, and which was kind of a nice reunion. Mm -hmm. But then the, they had so much fun with the character, the, the, the writers just kept bringing me back. So it was kind of like an arc, I suppose. Yeah. And he was kind of funny in a, in a strange in his own, way. Yeah. <laughs> in his own bizarre way. Yeah. The business of being an actor is you create little mini families, don't you? You do yeah, a play, yeah, that's true, yeah. you do a movie, yeah. and then sometimes the family breaks up and you get back together, but you still remember this yes. feeling that you had. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. What, where did it start for you? Where, where, did, where did you come from originally? Well, really from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I ended up in Queens. I moved to Queens, <laughs> which is kind of like well, the south side of nice Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. It is. Tough neighborhood. <laughs> I didn't find it too <laughs> <Yeah>. much different. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so it, it, it felt kind of comfortable. And I couldn't afford to live in Manhattan. Hell, I couldn't afford a, a studio apartment in Manhattan at the time. Probably couldn't now. But So you knew you'd get rich being an actor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Here it is. Well, I don't know. It's one of those things like you, you go, well, I've done it. So it's either make it or just die doing it and... I don't. I don't know. I guess it'd be like becoming a priest. I compare it to that somewhat. A vocation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where did you did you train? Did you go to? Yeah. I well. I, I Chris. I did some plays in college, and then I did a couple plays in Kansas City, and then then I got to New York, and then I did plays in New York. I did off off Broadway and off Broadway and regional theater, and um, and then I got casted in Looking for Mr. Goodbar out of New York. I got casted for that. And um, you were the one that did that awful yeah. thing to Diane Keaton yeah. in that one. Yeah. Wow. I've had some. I'm sure you had many people come up to you and say, Whoa, yeah. what a creep. Yeah. Why, why did you do that? Yeah. But you got recognized for that, even though it, he only comes in. I know. Yeah. The end. That's right. I think it was one scene earlier, a little bit of yeah. a setup. And you go, why is that? Why, Why are we here? watching that? You yeah. know, and then there's the payoff at the end. But uh, that was also Richard Gere's first movie. Was that the one that sort of started everything for you, where people were interested and wanted yes. to see? You? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because I think people, when they uh, we look at you, we go through this whole period of you. I remember you in the Big Chill, especially. Mm -hmm. That was early '80s, right? Yeah, we shot it in 82, let's see, fall of 82 into mm -hmm. January of 83. Mm -hmm. But I remember your character being this uh, TV star of all of them. He's mm -hmm. the one, he's, he's in this show that he basically hates, even though TV's now everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So, and he gets embarrassed when they even bring it up. It's like, uh, uh, you know, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't come out here to listen to that. But they're remembering <clears throat> themselves very young mm -hmm. when they had political stance where something was happening. Yes. Was that you? Did you feel any vibrations from that about your own life? Well, I, I, with me, it's a little weird because I, I actually wanted to go to West Point and be a career army officer, mm -hmm. and that didn't happen. Two guys in my class went, and so I gave that up. I said, the hell with that, and ended up acting. And of course, I played a few generals and colonels and 
captains and Teddy Roosevelt, even. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. Colonel. Yep. General uh, Longstreet, all the Longstreet, <laughs> Lieutenant, <laughs> Lieutenant General, <laughs> and yeah. And uh, uh, I played an admiral once, and I was uh, a chief petty officer. I've done the Ulysses ranks, a chief petty officer, did you a master take, gunnery sergeant. Did you take sergeant, all that a, home a, a with gunnery you? Sergeant. Did you become uh, a very I, commanding really, person? Truly, I really, truly. I try to. It doesn't always work. work. Yeah, I yeah. bet it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, doesn't work with wives yeah, and children no, usually. You can like try. My wife says thing. something. I go, oh, I'm white. Oh, I'm white. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work too much. Nobody listens to you. <laughs> but I remember when, I guess, Platoon is 85, 86, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy with the scars on his face, I remember the line he has in that. And you can take me through it because it's still such a great movie. <clears throat> but you say, I am reality. <laughs> yeah. That Whoa. is one of those great lines. It was. You're right. You know, it's about, you know, if the machine breaks down, everything breaks we down. We all break down. Chain yeah. of command has yep. to happen here. Mm-hmm. In, Which is in true. In terms of doing Which is true. true. I mean, you know. He, he's not writing this stuff. He was taught it too. And you know, he's one of those characters that I played Stanley Kowalski, the streetcar named Desire. They're like really blue collar, but the stuff that comes out of their mouth is just prophetic. It's mm-hmm. like it's like it's like poetry, blue collar yeah. street poetry. Yeah, yeah, is really yeah. yeah, the way they talk. Yeah, and, and you just go, whoa, where did he come up with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Platoon sets you up. You get an Academy Award nomination. How does that change your career and your life in a major way? Did well, it? Yeah. Well, for example, I had I then had four <laughs> movies in a row. This went on for an entire year, mm-hmm. and I just I told my agent I, said, I can't go to work again. It, you know, like in January, I can I've got I've got to take some time off. I'm getting whippy because <laughs> I was constantly on the road, and while I was doing one job, I was studying for the next, next. doing some homework and sound work. It, everything was overlapping and then press and, and and it was just nonstop. Then I said, this has got to, the, the train has got to stop. I got to get off, mm-hmm. you know, for a little while. Because it's got to come from you in some yeah. way, every yeah. part that you play. Exactly. Even Barnes, even in Platoon, that guy is, he's gone off the edge. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. He really is. He's Where had, do you find he, that? Yeah, like, like somebody said, well, you know, all this. And I, I remember an interview, and I this was right after they announced the awards. I remember doing an interview while I was doing this other movie, and I said, um, well, yeah, but I go, Barnes is, this is on his fourth combat tour. I mean, he doesn't even know if he wants to be a lifer. He just keeps doing it, you know, and almost obsessed with it. Uh, but I go, what about Elias? This is his third tour. And the interviewer went, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they could have gone home, but they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Well, except they're, Elias they're, they're, they uh, become Willem Dafoe is playing him is, it is kind of the Christ figure in this. Yep. And you're the demon. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and you've got Oliver Stone. What is that experience like? Well, obviously Oliver had been there, and these were all real characters. <laughs> yeah. And even the battles, he called up about five, or five or six guys he could find from that last battle, and he asked him, "Now, where were, where were you?" Because, and then he had these notes on a yellow pad of paper, and it was like who was in each hole, like, and 
two guys here, two guys there. Where were you? Where were you? Because yeah. he wanted to get all the details of generally, like it's just a platoon action of what was probably maybe a battalion size mm -hmm. unit or a company size unit that gets surrounded and overrun. Um, uh, it would be like the Alamo. It must be all chaos and confusion, you know, uh, and, and at night as well. So, so he just want, he just wanted to check with them. What, what were you? What did you think? Do you remember this, mm -hmm. that, that, that? Um, and I, he, so it's almost like very historically accurate. And the characters were all real people. You know, he said, but they weren't all in one platoon. He mm -hmm. said they were in. He said I was in two different platoons of the 25th Infantry Division and one platoon of the First Air Cab. I got moved around a little, and he said I was there for 14 months. And he said uh, the movie is like three months, mm -hmm. you know, condensed to three. And the, well, that's the movies. 30 characters, which would be like, like 90 guys, is put into one 30-man platoon. Mm -hmm. And um, he picked his favorites or the ones he wanted to put in and use. So, and I guess it worked out. It's fictional you know? history. Yeah. Well, fiction, but when you do Gettysburg, there you go. Yeah, I mean it's from a novel. Again, yeah, yeah, and but accurate. It's, it's you, yeah, yeah. There, the accuracy is a major factor mm -hmm. of why it's so effective as a movie to do right. this. Were you like a Civil War guy? Yeah, I was at Gettysburg when I was about seven years old. And I was actually on that battlefield, and you made. And I remember uh, I told Steve Lang, who played General Pickett, I go, you know, I was here when I was like seven. And I'm 42 now, which was exactly Longstreet's age. And I go, I go, they don't change much, these battlefields, the National Monument. I said, go down to Jefferson's. If you haven't been there, go see his home. It's the same as I remember. Mm -hmm. You know, I get, they, the National Parks keep that the same, which is great. It is, because mm -hmm. you're living history. You're doing this. Mm -hmm. Often they're shot, you know, right on this spot where it was We happening. shot the whole movie there. Uh, seven scenes, they, the, the Department of Interior, the National, uh, the National Parks Department of Interior, the, and the people, uh, the rangers and whatnot at the station allowed us seven days there. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like seven different areas, you know, like Devil's Den, which is very obvious. And, and, and then Pickett's Charge, we had the big, wide shots of Pickett's Charge beginning where all the Confederate troops come out of the, the, the tree line across that mile and a half of death towards the Missionary Ridge. And and uh, th there are monuments up on Missionary Ridge. So mm -hmm. like a point of view of us and stuff, you go past, it's like you're going to see the monuments. We said, can we cover up? They go, you cannot put covers over the monuments. These are sacred. They said, we've never allowed reenactments here because mm -hmm. it's sacred ground. They said, however, if you got the camouflage netting, put that up. Um, won't that work on long shots? And indeed it did. You know, plus the smoke. Did? Of, yeah, the smoke of the Yankee artillery or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. kind of covers a little bit. But yeah, at that distance it worked. Yeah, and the yeah. respect was paid anyway yeah. to do that. You know, And it was kind of neat being on the battlefield for seven days. And then when you got into closer scenes and whatnot, they went over to the next valley. They recreated the Emmitsburg Road. Uh, they made it dirt and they had that old Dutch, Pennsylvania Dutch fence mm -hmm. there. You see them coming over and then up to the stone wall, which they had created again. I think yep. it's great to have that ability to to relive that and to feel passionate about it when you do it. I tell you, pick, pick a charge. Uh, I, I, it, it, it was about 100 degrees and and we're in those wool uniforms, but I had goosebumps as I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. And so did all those other guys. I, 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 I mean, their, their eyes were... 
like this. Yeah. My you officers, right? You know, right, like yeah. they set off. Because you got to remember too, they had drums and fifes and all mm -hmm. that stuff playing. And then they, and when they said fix bayonets, there were five thousand guys that clicked on those bayonets, and you heard it all the way down the tree line. You went, woo! Confederate artillery stopped. They stopped firing. They turn around. They take their hats off as the infantry goes through. And then, and then it begins. I'm, I'm thinking that must be one of your favorite roles that you've played. I, well, I, it, it is, but I, I, I just really, I always wanted to do a movie about the Civil War, and it's just I'm like, virtually impossible. It was so big, you know, I what know. do you do? But that book, I read it, it came out in 76, and it won the Pulitzer Prize for uh, Best Historical mm -hmm. Novel. And I happened to mention in an interview with the Daily News, like one of those 20 question things, while mm -hmm. I was doing someone to watch over me out in Queens. And next day I got a call from the writer-director who owned the piece. Mm -hmm. It was six years, five, six years later <laughs> before we did it. This is the first time you've been on this show, so you don't know we end in song. Oh, no. Yes, you did. What was that movie? What was that Rhapsody movie you did where you were uh, playing the cowboy? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Are you going to groan? No no no. No, 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 no. I just I need a piece of a song. What's that song in your heart, Tom Berenger? I... <laughs> I I can't remember those songs. It's just I've never sang. You don't them. remember it's, it's, singing to your kids? I do, well, I sang to my son <laughs> and his bride at their wedding. Oh come on! I need a little bit of that. <clears throat> what is a youth impetuous fire? What is a maid ice and desire? The world wags on, etc. Et et <laughs> a rose will bloom and uh, then will uh, fade. Uh, so does the fairest maiden. I don't know what, but that yeah, that was the love song from Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. And I sang that to them because it is about marriage. Beautiful. Yeah. Then you must have the secret of marriage then to bestow upon all of us. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. I, I just get a good one. <laughs> we'll end with song. Thank you, Todd. Thanks.